Hello, friends. We like very much this Freaky Friday show here in Kazakhstan. I am president of the fan club. We love Jake and Jesse very much. I send my seven wives and six sisters over as putting gift with a herd of goats, of 20 goats, for them to enjoy. We hope that they enjoy as much as you enjoy this show. Now back to Freaky Friday. It's very good, like rock and roll. Very nice! Greetings, boys and ghouls. It's time for Freaky Friday. And here are your hosts, Jake and Jesse. Yeah! Yes! Yeah! 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 Dude, fucking oh, everything, nothing. Stuff, things, yeah, yeah th- stuff and th- things. Th- things and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> things and stuff. I like stuff. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, Freaky Friday, everyone. Fucking yeah, yeah. Yes, Freaky. It is. Yes, it is, and a, a pretty fucking momentous week because uh, Frankenstein issue four is hitting the stands. Yeah, so dude. Yeah. Papa's got a brand new bag. It's out. It's it's um, looking yeah, very man. rad. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. It's a the proud daddy moment, and uh, yeah, I'm all all kinds of excited for people to get amongst it. So yeah, the cover's really cool. I'm I'm digging the cover because it's reminding me. Um, it reminds me of. Um, did you ever see uh, the covers Steve McNiven drew for uh, Return of Wolverine? I can't say I have. Oh, he did. He did. So, like, you know, a couple of years back when they, you know, sure. brought Wolverine back from the dead. Oh, shock, horror, Wolverine <laughs> came back from the dead. What the he was dead? Odd. Wait a minute, he's alive? What? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what death's like in the Marvel Universe. It's like cold. You, you get over it eventually. Um, but yeah, so he, he drew uh, a cover for the first issue and like a mm. shitload of variants that were like Wolverine in various costumes. And um, yeah, the, uh, for some reason, I don't know whether it's just the, the, the layout of the cover or something like that for Freaky yeah. Friday 4. It totally reminds me of that, which is very cool. Oh, thanks, man. That's really cool. Yeah, look, I I actually just went. Um, I just I just told my guy Dan and do it. I just said, bro, I just want a really cool, explosive cover of Freakenstein bursting from the grave, and that's what he came back to me with. Yeah, no, man, it's fucking rad. <laughs> yeah, so like, I didn't say any examples, nothing. He just 
went to town with it and came back with that and I went, man, that's, that's the one. Yeah. No variance required. Let's just fucking do this. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. It's, it's, look, I, I won't ra- ramble on about it cause, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't like to toot my own horn, but uh, yeah, look, it's a, it's <laughs> if, a rad if you issue. can't do it here, where can you do it? I know. Look, we'll, we'll have this. We'll have this discussion when yours comes out, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, I, look, it, it, it's issue four. It continues the story of the of our uh, freaky heroes traveling across the Midwest. Um, I what I love about it is you know. I'm using the tour diaries that I wrote on tour and um, all the venues we played at, I've put them in the story with, you know, having monsters of various types fucking taken over all the venues. So our heroes have to battle all these monsters to take, uh, you know, take control back and bring the music back, you know? So it's, it's kind of cool in, in that side of things. And um, got some really cool cameos in there, like a certain, uh, fellow podcast co-host is in there oh that's right i'm in this issue yeah, i'm in this issue and, I'm, I'm, and i've got a pin up in the back fuck i'm in the, i'm in there twice yeah dude <laughs> twice the jakeness yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but uh no it's a good it's a good issue and you're amongst good company you, you got old joshy balls from uh ex motionless and white and bobby blackcraft in there and uh and a bunch of other cool folks uh Including the the unsung heroes of the, the music industry, the roadies. I've got a, a little little cameo from uh, a little tribute to the unsung heroes, the roadies. Is is Dell in there? No, but uh, he always responds to my shit. So <laughs> you, you need you need Dell in there. You need it you would know. be cool. The, the greatest roadie in the world. It would be cool because he's a rad dude, man. So. Yeah, it would be it would be cool. Maybe one day. Yeah, with his own shoes. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, speaking speaking of radness and music stuff, yeah, I yeah. noticed, um, and fuck knows if he even listens to the podcast or not. I know Teddy does. But I noticed Davy Suicide liked our Instagram post for Night of the Comet the other week. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, that's cool. And I was, I was, I saw, I saw it come up, come up on the feed. I was like, "Fuck, dude! I have like been smashing your albums like for the last year." Like, that's crazy, man. Um, he's a, he's such a rad dude. I, I got nothing but warm, warm fuzzies for Davey and the oh, boys. Look, you know whether whether he is listening to the show or not. I, I just need to put it out there. Um, I'm sorry. End of War is one of the greatest fucking songs ever written. Like <laughs> that track fucking slays in so many ways. They're, they're really, I, I, have, uh... I have visions of like one day eventually being able to make my epic cyberpunk film and having that as the closing credits track. That's fucking cool, man. You know what? I reckon that's a really good aspiration to hold on to. And um, oh, one of one of these days, you know, maybe, know. maybe not in this life, but you know. Hey, look, man. Manifestations are a step by step process, man. So I think the the fact that you've got the idea in place, um, I think that's the first step. So it's only uphill from here, man. So I always do that though. It's really funny. Like when I was um, 
you know, like hardcore uh, into like, you know, planning to direct shit and stuff like that, yeah. you know, make, making moves or making movies and stuff like that. I would always write to like a really specific soundtrack. That's and so the hilarious, the hilarious part was like, I would literally, um, you know, when I was writing stuff, I would put, um, and I, I did this for the obscure files as well. Mm. Uh, I would just put like, you know, track references in there. Like, you know, I'd just be like, you know, opens the scene up, you know, Motley Cruz, fucking Dr. Feelgood as power. Yeah. Nice. See the city, that sort of shit. Yeah. And every fucking producer that read it was just like, dude, the soundtrack is going to cost a fortune. <laughs> and I'm like, you'll realize this is just temp music to like get you in the mood when you're reading it. Right. Like I, I really don't think I'm ever going to afford a soundtrack with like Molly crew, 30 seconds to Mars and typo negative on it. <laughs> Jake, I have a solution to this. You could create that soundtrack utilizing our friends in Kazakhstan playing their native instruments. I could, I could. Yeah. Like Kazakhstanian cover songs of your favorite rock metal hits. I think it'd be great. (laughs) It'd be like a jug hoedown of Dr. Feelgood. (laughs) He's the one that calls Dr. Feelgood. He's the one that calls Dr. Feelgood. (laughs) Uh, We're going to hell. Do not stop jug (laughs) hoedown. Stop. Oh, I mean, of course, this, this, the hilarious thing is this this was like when I was writing all this shit, it was like before I knew you, because otherwise I would have just gone, hey, can't you've got a really kick ass band, just fucking score my movie, eh? <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys are oh, awesome. Mate. You do the music I like. Fucking just, just yeah, don't... like I'll I'll throw you a few bucks. Just score my whole fucking thing, would you? Like, <laughs> how many albums <laughs> do you got? Cool, we'll use that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a pizza i'm good for it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah 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 <laughs> no Dave, Dave is all kinds of rad he's uh yeah his music's unreal his live show's unreal he's just a rad dude and um and his clothing label's really cool too mm. uh, killers never die i love that label um it's just fucking i don't know it's authentic it's real it's fucking cool um I own a couple of their shirts and yeah, it's, it's fucking dope. So yay. Bit of love for Davey. Yes. Lots of love. He, he might even pop up in the next Frankenstein issue. Oh man. Like, yeah. Look, he, he is right. part of the story. Oh, so, there you yeah. go. Yeah. St. Yeah. Louis to be exact. Little, little, little bit of uh preview of things to come, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, where are we at with uh, cigarettes and silver bullets? Because looking all kinds of rad, dude. Um, we uh, Adams Adams had a bit of slow going because he's been um a bit off the last couple of weeks. He's oh, been for sure. And shit like that. So yeah, he's like, <laughs> it's it's funny because um, if you listen to this, he's gonna be like, oh, dude, don't fucking tell people I do that. Um, but like. He he's constantly like messaging me. He's like, "Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm so." I'm like, "Man, fucking chill. Like, I do not care. Like, we're making progress. We've yeah. got. Um, I think we've got the first six or seven pages laid out. Um, That's awesome. And he's well. He's got the first three completely finished, and he's uh halfway through page four. Um. So, yeah, it's coming along, man. And we're just sort of like, as I said to him, like, um, let's just take our time with it. Like, I just, uh, we, we don't have a deadline. Like, no one's, you know, standing over the back of our fucking breathing down our necks. Like, you know, get it done. Like, 
so I I would just rather it be absolutely awesome and the best it can be and not, you know, have it come out and go, oh, fuck, I wish we'd take more time with that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think it's good. I think it's important that, you know, that I think that's part of the process is establishing really good, humane communication with the artist and collaborator. Oh, I totally. think that's huge. Because it's yeah. one of those things where it's like... Um, you know, I, I like to treat people I'm working with the same way I'd like to be treated. Um, yeah, I've been on so many projects where people just don't give a fuck about the writer. Like, yeah, you know, they, they, they get you to write something and, you know, you don't get even a pleasant go fuck yourself. You don't even get like a sandwich yeah, from a service table mailed to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it makes you feel like shit because you're just sort of sitting there going like, you know, and, and you see it, like you see it all the time on social media. Mm. Like every time someone, like you write for a movie, someone goes and makes it and then like they're on social media just blowing each other shamelessly and, yeah. you know, oh my God, I love you so much. Let's text each other forever. You're my best friend. You're so talented. <laughs> and, you know, you're the writer and you're just sort of sitting here going like, motherfucker, you wouldn't have had shit if I hadn't have done my job. And I'm sitting over here like the ugly girl at the gangbang. <laughs> yeah, like, pretty much. Just like going, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll just go fuck myself then, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so, and it it really does kind of make you feel like shit. So, I like to, you know, if I'm working with people, just be like, let them know they're appreciated, and not, you know crack the whip on them or anything like that because it's like look man you know we're working together like like i mean you know in, in the instance of like making comics and stuff like that it's like without adam i don't have a fucking comic i've got yeah. a script and it's like well that's cool i've had a script for how many years now and it's just a script and everyone that's read it's like oh my god it's awesome it's like yeah that's great but movie scripts aren't exactly flying off the shelves at comics etc or fucking you know the local bookstore like no one gives a crap so without you know someone to collaborate with and help bring it to life it's kind of like you know yeah not worth shit you know so i just like to make sure people know they're appreciated and like you know man like take your time look after yourself look after your health like you know, just do the best work you can do and, you know, make sure that you're physically and, and mentally in a space where you can do that and not just sitting here going like, oh, fuck, I just want to, like, bang it out so it's done so I don't have to worry about it. It's like, no, I want you to enjoy the process of creating it and, you know, really use this as a showcase for your art and what you can do. And, man, I think Adam's fucking killing it on this thing. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. every time we get the pages in, man, it's just like, holy shit, this is so fucking good. That's good, man. That's good. Fuck yeah. Can't wait to see more. Fuck yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're sort of looking at – um, well, we're, we're kicking around the idea at the moment. Like, we're not putting anything out until it's done. Mm. But at the moment, we're sort of like, you know, well, maybe we could do, like, you know, once it's done, do a monthly release of the single issues in black yeah. and white. And then, you know, once that's all wrapped up, we'll do the trade in color with some extra pages and shit like that. I and think it's a smart idea, dude. Yeah, man, yeah. You know. Well, yeah, it's one of those, I think it's one of those things like it's a leftover from growing up on 90s comics where it's like, issue one's out. Yay. Yeah. Three years later. Where's issue two? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, I should take that. Cool. Oh, I should yeah. take that. Cool. Where's issue four? Uh, it's never coming out ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird journey, man. Like you know, I mean, here I am, four issues into my comic book series, and I'm, you know, like you you could you could sit on on a thing and just you know as an independent creator sit on it for fucking two three years, or you could you know just bite the bullet and just get bits and parts of it out. You know, yeah. Um. You know, slowly, or, or you know, um, just get it out there because uh, you know ideas can change over time. So as you're going along with the journey, you might evolve some cool ideas. And um, well, I, I don't think know. the thing for us is too that it's like it's it's a finite story. It's only gonna be uh, like four, maybe five issues. Yeah, and sure. It's done until I write the sequel. Um, and you know, we've got we've sort of like talked about like other ideas of like doing other scripts that I've got that are sort of, you know, in the horror kind of vein as well. So it's like, well, you know, we can put this out and then it's like the story's done. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's really one of those ones where you kind of want to get in on the ground floor. Like, cause yeah. it's like, if you just grab issue three, you're just going to be going, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, I think it sort of behooves us to have it done and then just put it all out, you know, in monthly installments, like next year or, you know, whatever sort of installments once it's all finished and then do the trade. I think it doesn't, it's, it's it doesn't like, hurt. Well, because I mean, it's not an ongoing story. It's not mm. like you know, oh, hey, what are there our two werewolf mm. heroes going to get up to this month? Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, you know, so yeah, it's kind of like, oh, you know, because it is just a, a set story. It's like you know mm. that might be the way to do it, kind of thing. It doesn't hurt because I mean, the thing is, it's also what we do is getting your name out there too. You know, like I mean, mm. it's it's and it's not about fame and definitely not fortune but you know not about any any sort of superstar status it's just about being just getting on the except, radar of, except of in readers kazakhstan. what's that except in kazakhstan of, of course of course yeah um fucking learjets anyone but um <laughs> but uh no no it, like i mean doing the conventions and stuff like that it's it's such a good way to to reach your target audience you mm. know and just letting them you know having people just see your work and and ask you about it and stuff I, I think that's a really good way to get a gauge that you're on the right track with what you're doing and um i don't know and and getting people excitement about, about what you're doing i think that's uh, yeah a really yeah. cool thing so yeah yay anyway cool um yeah dude i i'm uh Speaking of comics, I, I just read. I've been reading Draculina a bit. Oh yeah, how's that? It, it's it's all right. It's pretty cool. Like the daughter of Vampirella, and I don't know. Like it's it's one of those ones where I I'm, I haven't really read a lot of the the backstory stuff in other collected stories, so I'm kind of a bit behind the eight ball of what the hell's going on. But it's pretty cool. The art's cool. Um, yeah, the vampy versus extending, you know, like you've got now got victory as well. Um, Vampirella's former lover that I didn't know about. And I don't know. It's just all kinds of just weird, crazy <laughs> shit going on. So I, um, I just got and read today, um, razor 
uh, Razor's Edge. Oh, I saw that. That looks cool. cool. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, I grabbed this because back in the fucking 90s, um, Razor, like, I, I started reading Razor, like, I think B and I picked up a, um, this is when we were first dating. It's like, because mm. there, there was a crossover with The Crow. So, I mean, naturally, because it was The Crow, it's like, oh, yeah, all over this shit. Yeah. Um, and that's where I remember it. Yeah, well, that's we picked up a ton of back issues from um, a certain store in the city. They were in like I think they were like a fucking fifty cent or dollar bin or something uh, like that. Like you know, they were all those like nineties yeah. bad girl comics. Like you know, it was like you know, chrome covers and all that fucking jazz. And um, I mean, they they were fun, man. Like they were just those. You know that those indie nineties comics that they were black and white. There was a shit ton of like really explicit violence and you know sex and nudity and swearing and stuff. And the stories were pretty threadbare. It was just like, oh, how can we get this chick to look hot and you know partially naked while she's like carving up a bunch of gangbangers in an alleyway kind of thing? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, there's just like a lot of like very, um, very metal and so goth they shit bats kind of thing, and just in the best way. Like not in a, um, and this is like this is not me saying like they were shit. They were loads of fun. Um, and I, I really miss all those kind of indie comics like that from the nineties where like oh, everyone yeah. publishing shit. Um, yeah. and yeah, this anthology thing is just like a nice throwback to that. Like it's. I mean, you got like um, all the fucking, all the like extended universe characters that were in Razor, like mm-hmm. Morbid Morbid Angel. Like, there's literally a character named Morbid Angel. That's it. <laughs> you know, a big dude with wings and a giant sword that fights demons and shit like that. It's it's so fucking cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really nice throwback to that kind of that kind of era. So that was a lot of fun and. Um, I also read the first couple of uh, DC's Night Terrors. Ooh, yes. I've got uh, issue one of Black Adam Night Terrors. Yeah. Well, what did I get? I got uh, the first one that kicks it off. I think it's Night Terrors First Blood. And I yeah, got, I saw that one. Uh, what did I get? I got um, Batman, Ravager, and nice. uh, Joker. Uh, Night Terrors, number ones. So, uh, what's your verdict? I've only read the first issue, the um, the first Blood one, and right. it looks like it's going to be pretty cool. It looks like it's going to be a fun little horror sort of crossover thing. Um, I'm kind of digging it. Like, you know, it's Dead Man's in there, and, um, you know, Dr. Destiny, who's one of my favorite JLA bad guys. And nice. They really seem to be leaning into... A lot of the stuff that Neil Gaiman did with him in Sandman, where he's a bit more crazy and fucked up Ooh, that's than, cool. you know, when he was like running around in his little half cape and he's hoarding his little skull mask kind of thing. <laughs> Although I do fucking love that look. I love that look. That's cool. But uh, yeah, no, man, it looks like it's going to be, um, looks like it could be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of keen to see how that all plays out. I kind of like how DC's, you know, utilizing a bit more of the darker and more horror-esque aspects of comics, you know, like the DC versus Vampire series, this, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of exciting, right? 
Yeah, well, it's, it's nice to see that sort of stuff, um, you know, making a bit of a comeback. Like, yeah. I like they've got, you know, they've got another Halloween uh, special scheduled for this year, which looks like it's going to be cool. Yeah, uh, the last one was fun. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really digging it. Like, I, I, I like that shit. Um, and it's not, look, I, I think, you know, for anyone that's listening, that's like, oh, I want to read it, but I, I you know, I'm, I don't want to like commit to buying like 40 comics. over. <laughs> yeah, that's where my head was at. I was like, oh, oh, I don't think you really need to read everything. I think it's going to be one of those series where you don't need to read everything with it because it doesn't seem to be super connected. Um, it's like, like you remember Armageddon 2001? Yeah, vaguely. Yes. Yeah. I I feel like it's kind of like that where it's like, if you read the first one, like the first blood or whatever, like the main sort of night terrors, one shots like first blood and Omega or whatever the fuck it is, or night's end or whatever the fuck one is. I think you'll pretty much get the whole story there. And all the spin-off stuff, like the Batman 1 and 2 and Joker and all that sort of stuff. I think that's, that's cool. a sort of flavouring. It's like, because that's all, all I'm doing with it, man, is I'm just reading the characters that I like. I'm just like, I'm getting, well, I'm getting that's the start, what I'm, I'm getting the end. And yeah. I'm just going like, okay, well, yeah, I like Batman. I like Superman, Flash, Green Lantern. The Joker one looks interesting. The Robin and Red Hood one looks kind of cool. Nightwings are definite. You know, I'll just grab those ones and... You know, I don't really give too much of a fuck about some of the other ones. It's like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, I don't really care about what scares fucking, you know, I don't know, fucking Wonder Woman or whatever. Like, well, it's interesting, man, because it's, it's. I'm just reading this. It's, it's cool. It's, it's got a bit of a, yeah, it's, it's a very dark vibe. So I'm very yeah. interested to see how how it translate over into titles like Black Adam, like Shazam, like Superman, then to see how they all um, react to the situation. Yeah, well, it looks it looks really cool. Um, like, and I had a bit of a flick through. I mean, the Joker one is really, looks really, really funny because it's like, you know, it's sort of like, oh, what scares the Joker? And it's like having to work nine to five in an office and have a normal life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. really kind of fucked up and mental in that way. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how some of them uh, sort of play out. That's cool. That's cool. Exciting. Yay. Well, we'll something else to talk about this week, don't we? Oh, do we what? Fuck yeah. I'm really pumped. We're going to time warp back to 1989, boys and ghouls. It's always a good year. (laughs) Then this week, we are paying tribute uh, to a master who won our hearts early on with this wonderful movie called Warlock, an American supernatural horror film directed by Steve Miner. Who you may know from uh, that other thing, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, that's he the one. Directed, he directed. Um, oh God, which Friday was it? I think it was. Was it, was it number three or four? I've got a funny feeling it was three. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was three, dude. I'm pretty sure it was three. I'm fairly certain it was three. Um. But he's he's directed quite a bit of horror stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's done a Halloween. Like he did. Uh, uh, sure he's, he's done has. like Placid. 
He did Friday the 13th yep. Part 3 and Part He directed yep. House, Halloween yep. H2O. And, and speaking of horror, Mel Gibson's Forever Young. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's done a bit of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I knew. Well, I knew he directed a couple of the Fridays. Um, Dude, he I, did. I, I, he did Soul I, Man as well. I had forgot. Oh my god, fucking Soul Man! Jesus Christ, I have not seen that. I'm a Soul since Man. Fucking nineteen eighty something. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember he did like Placid as well. But um, oh man, like I love this movie so much. Um, and That's I why have, we do this show because we talk about these movies that we love. Oh man, I have so many warm and fuzzies about this movie. Um, Starting with the poster. Well, which one? Well, no, just the the one with the. Uh, sorry to butt in there, but like the my first memory is seeing that poster at the video shop of Julian Stan, Sand standing there barefoot with that silhouette of the demon behind him. Yeah, yep, yep. Well, see, there were two... There were two. There were two posters for this, uh, and there were two video covers as well, um, Mm. which was kind of cool. But I think I got to see this because the other poster for this is very reminiscent of the poster for Highlander. It is. It is very much so. Very, very reminiscent for the post of a Highlander. So I got to see this because my parents hired it out. And this was one of my very first horror movies. Wow. Um, And I like, because, you know, I was like very aware of, you know, Freddie, Jason, fucking all that stuff. You know, we've we've talked about my early experiences with those on our very awesome Nightmare on Elm Street podcast yes, series. Yes, we have. listen to. Um, but so I was like aware of all that stuff, but I was always like a bit too, you know, scared to go see them um, and stuff like that. So, and I think by the time Warlock had rolled around, like I might've seen Lost Boys. Um, yeah, I gotcha. And Fright Night. Um, but, you know, I got to see this on video. I'm, I'm pretty sure, because my parents did not watch a lot of fucking horror at all. Um, so I'm pretty sure they hired this because the cover looked like fucking Highlander and, you know, everyone loves Highlander. How could you not? Sure. Um, and yeah, so, you know, we sit down and watch this and it's like, this is about some fucking dude that's like, wants to be Satan's fucking son and shit like that. Well, it's pretty fucking wild. It's like, oh, it's... You know, the poster kind of looks like Highlander, but it's really not. No, well, let, let's let's uh, let's give you let's give you a little brief synopsis. Okay, it's t- time for the uh, time for the Republic Radio fucking synopsis. <laughs> oh, you want the Republic Radio version? Okay, oh. <laughs> we can't, can't just keep it for rad. <laughs> Warlock is a nineteen eighty nine American supernatural horror film directed by Steve by David Bay. Julian Sands stars as the title character, a son of Satan who travels from the late 17th century to the modern era of Los Angeles, California, with the mission of destroying the world. Laurie Singer and Richard E. Grant co-star as a 20th century woman and a 17th century witch hunter attempting to stop him. 
it's up to you to decide which one's the uh, century, 20th century woman and the 17th century witch hunter, of course. <laughs> that can be a tad confusing. <laughs> what's, what's really fun as well is that the writer of this movie would also go on to write uh, Pitch Black. Mm. Interesting. He, um, yes, he did. He's the most well-known for the Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very talented. So, yes. Pitch Black one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> pitch Black was good. Um, <laughs> the rest of them, well, you know. Yeah, uh, well. Back to Warlock. Uh, yes. Great movie. Yeah, look, this movie is fucking fantastic, and it is such a good time. And um, fun bit of history before we get into all the real oh, really stuff. Oh, please do. Is that um, this... This movie was massive on video. Like, this is oh, where it this... got its fucking name. Every um, kid that saw this on the shelf fucking grabbed it. Dude, and it's, it's, it's fucking brilliant. But the fun thing is, this was meant to be a cinema release. Like, you know, I was watching... Um, I mean, I, I, I love it. Not one in of, Australia. One of my favourite fucking releases... <laughs> is the Vestron collector's Blu-ray that has all three Warlocks and they're fucking loaded with special features. Really? Um, oh, dude, it's such good. It's like, you know, the best, like, 60 bucks I ever spent. Fuck yeah. But there's a really great interview on there. Like, there's interviews with Steve Miner and Julian Sands and stuff like that. Mm. And this was meant to be a big theatrical release, but New World Pictures went under right before it came out, so it ended up getting delayed by about a year and just getting dumped on video. But, dude, I mean, it, it's one of the movies that's, you know, I know we say the, the word cult a lot, but this is truly a really cool cult classic. Well, I um, kind of feel like it getting it not getting a cinema release and just landing on VHS mm. really sort of added to like the mystique of it absolutely yeah man this is one of those movies where it's not like it's not a huge movie it's not as well i feel like amongst you know uh like most folks it's it's not as well known as let's say freddy or jason or even hellraiser it just holds its own it's in its own little special place yeah but it's like when you mention it People that have seen it fucking love it, like rabidly love it. Like, yeah. oh my god, Warlock is so fucking good. It's such a great movie. It's like, fuck yeah, man, right? Mm. Um, and like, you know, people that haven't seen it, it's like everyone I have ever introduced this movie to loves it. Like, yeah, just fucking loves it. it. Like, it's just like, oh my god, that's so good. How have I not seen this? I'm like, man, because <laughs> you know, this this was one of those movies, man, that was like. It was it was a video store staple for me. And if I was ever like with mates at fucking Blockbuster or Video Easy and I was like, oh, like, you know, you're browsing the shelves. It's like, oh, man, fucking Warlock's so good. And, you know, you, you there was like inevitably one day there was always that friend that was like, I've never seen that. She's like, oh, fuck, mm. dude, we're hiring this right now and you are watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of the movies where – you know, it, it was always out. It, the cut, it, it just, it really stood out. And the video, you know, whilst it, it the, it's criminal that it was never on cinema screens, of, but one can only, you know, we can see it on the cinema. But um, 
oh, in man. the videos. Chris, Chris, oh. Christian Fletcher, if you are listening, dude, fucking do a screening. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The one he can't move off in. <laughs> even uh, not, uh, fucking Netherworld with their 8mm cinema club, man. They oh, should, yeah, do, dude, they should yeah, totally right? do this for a movie night at the cinema. Totally. be fucking boss. But, um, yeah, dude, like, I remember, like, you'd see this poster up on the wall at the video shop. And it was just, it was big business in the video stores, dude. Like, yeah, man, it was I just that movie we all talked about. Yeah, I remember the same thing. Like, this got such a push on video. Like, I remember walking into Video Easy and, um, yeah, we've talked about this before with, like, the Wraith, mm. how they'd, they'd get, like, five posters and they'd do, like, a 3D cutout effect with them in the corner and have them yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Warlock was one of those, man. It was huge on VHS. It got yeah. such a massive push in the video stores and rightly so because it's a fucking banger of a flick well like from the start getting into the movie itself man for people that haven't seen this we're going to give you the best qualities of this movie and the best reasons why you should watch this the movie it's funny how you mentioned the parallels between this and highlander they do follow kind of together in many ways and i love how this movie starts back it's back in the yeah. like 16th century that was such yeah. a cool opening i loved it well, yeah, it's such a great opening and it's like right from the fucking get-go um i mean look before we we talk about the the real star of this movie um because mm. you know there's going to be a lot of love for mr julian sands on this podcast i feel I Richard thought you were going to Gr- talk about richard grant's hair richard e grant well look richard e grant as like a quasi action hero is cool back back then you didn't think anything of it because i mean like you know he'd done like with nail and i and a few other things so yeah but he kind of fucking rules in this movie man and it's so Dude. weird because it's like you think of richard e grant now and he's like a very proper english actor mm. like you know he does serious movies it's like yeah, dude, no, you, you were fucking awesome when you were running around in your big-ass fluffy coat with your fucking whip and your fucking epic mullet. Dude, that mullet is legendary. It is god-tier. Like, it is like, it is the mullet to end all mullets. Right. Like, See some of the mullets that we've talked about, and they kind of look, I don't know, a bit preposterous, but... Red, the character Redfin, he just looks boss, man. He looks fierce. Yeah, he's like, he's just like, he is just a badass. Um, and just like, I mean, the 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 that fucking that fluffy ass fucking coat. Like, what is it like foxes or something like that? It's like, I don't know. It's like it looks like he fucking killed like an entire pack of wolves and is just wearing them. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and he's like running around with a bullwhip and a dagger and fucking, you know, later on in the movie, he's like using a weather vane as a spear. Like, <laughs> I love like, how we tried to walk on a plane with carrying that thing. <laughs> I love the accent and the mannerisms. That it he was had. great. Like, especially like that bit with the plane that you just mentioned where it's like, oh, can I take your weather vane over my rotting corpse? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're rad. 
it was so cool to see this guy in the film. Like I, I, again, you know, we, we often talk about just how cool, not only the plot and the, the, the scope of the movie is, but the cast. And I think the cast for this is just fantastic. Oh man, absolutely. And you know, you can look as much as I, I do really love the sequel. I feel like it's not as great as this one. Um, Cause this one's like, this is just the whole package. Like, this is like, this movie is so good because it's like, it's an adventure. Um, but it's also like a really fucking dark horror. Like, the horror in this movie is really, um, you know. Well, it's pure it's, satanic evil. It is, man. Like, I mean, that bit with like, you know, the fortune teller. Like, Dude. to this day, man. That How good was that? Yeah. It's so creepy. You know, that that was one of two scenes that creeped me out was that one, but also the priest scene where where he um where the warlock goes in to fucking, you know, talk to the priest about the whereabouts of the grimoire, the green yeah. grimoire, and he just the way he just slithers over the priest's wife, mm. yeah, you know, it looks like he's totally getting into her breasts and then he's now, if you want your children to be born healthy <laughs> to lifeless slugs, you will tell me what I want to know. I thought, well, I mean, it's creepy. That's the thing there. Like, the dialogue in this movie is so good, and the cast deliver it so fucking right. well. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, the horror scenes are really kind of like, um, I mean, f- first things fucking last. Mm. I love that establishing shot of Los Angeles with that blood red moon when we Ab- like, absolutely you know, once so once good. all the sort of the prelude stuff back in Boston is finished, and you know we go forward to like the present day of nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, that, that there's, establishing there's, shot. Yeah, there's oh, weird man. mystic. The the sorry for anyone that hasn't seen it, basically. Satan is in cahoots with the warlock. He's like a, a son of Satan or some shit like that. And he just gets time warped back to the present to destroy mankind, mm. which um, opens to a blood red moon over LA, which looks so fucking cool. Dude, it looks great. It is like, it is such a great establishing shot. And it's so eerie and just kind of sets the tone for the whole movie. It's like yeah. so cool. And I mean, you know, I just got to say, man, like, I love the, like, basic, like, the MacGuffin of this thing. Like, is that, like, basically the Warlock has to collect all these uh, pages from yeah. this, basically the Satanic Bible, mm. uh, the Grand the grand Grimoire, which is what it's called in the movie. Mm. And once he collects those, it will reveal to him the true name of God. And if you speak god's true name backwards it will uncreate everything like the entire universe will just which is be a frightening like, concept you know creation will go in reverse and everything will just be unraveled which hey, is like, wild yeah like, can i that... can i can i ask a quick question before you continue mm. so if we were to say morrissey's name backwards would that erase morrissey from existence I kind of hope so. It'd be like a Mr. Missile Click kind of thing. Yeah. I'm so going to try that. That'd be. Anyway, continue. Um, 
Just just don't say Morrissey's name like five times in front of a mirror. Oh, but I think I think he appears behind you. It might make you see dead flowers he pulls out of his ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, after he does that, he like drags you in the living room. He's like, I'm going to sing you a song about my broken bicycle on a hill. And you're just like, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, the AC is cranked. <laughs> cranked to like knees He's like, desperately trying to grab the remote for the air conditioner. It's like, if I can turn this down to 16 degrees, it may kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to push for 21. <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> oh, dude. I think that is such a like wildly original idea Isn't for a it movie. Because it's like I've never seen anything like Ever. like that since. Like the mythology of that's that. That's what's so good so about cool. it. Like it's just so cool. You've got witch hunters, you've got a a, a warlock, you've got uh, a quest to find the fucking a book that can potentially undo all of mankind. Uh, fuck, dude. Like, and the odds are stacked against you because there's no fucking pushover, dude. He is well, boss like, level. Yeah. And like all the like little, um, you know, the, like again, the mythology of it, like the, oh, the warlock can't fucking, you know, salt will like stop him and shit like that. Yeah. And if you fucking pound nails into his footprints, like it'll injure him and stuff like that. Um, you know, if he gets a trinket of yours, he can fuck you up. Like if you look into his eyes, like that bit with the Amish dude where he looks into his eyes and he gets oh, such that thing rough, is man. brutal. Um, yeah, all the signs of like, oh, like, you know, a fl- if, a, if a warlock's around, a flame will burn blue and milk will go sour and all this sort of shit. Like, all of the mythology that's written into this movie. And again, man, this isn't a long movie. This is like, you know, hour and 20, hour and 40, hour and yeah, like, something like that, yeah. Like, it's not like a big epic Lord of the Rings where they've laid in all this shit. It's like, it's a short, sharp, punchy adventure horror. But the writing in this is so fucking good, man, and just mm. layers so much in there that it just, it sucks you in and you're fucking gripped. Like, man, no matter how many times I've seen this, like, I, I chucked this on the other day. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do a refresher on it and I'll watch all the special features and stuff while I'm I'm doing other shit. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll do this while I'm filing away some comics and folding up my laundry and shit. I just was like, oh, an hour and 40 minutes later, I've still got to put away comics and fold up my laundry because I just got completely sucked into it. Like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm not moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a fucking, it's just such a fun ride how we just go from past to present and and then some. It's just where this movie goes and, and the horror aspect of it. I mean, and the last, Julian. The last thing, the last thing I'm going to say before we talk about Julian Sands is that uh, Richard E. Grant's Redfern, the witch hunter. Is so like, good. Man, Vin Diesel and his last witch hunter can just fuck right off because it's like, dude, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. Great fucking own you. Like a bit where he's like chewing salt into his whip to fuck the warlock up. It's just like, oh, dude, you are harder than a fucking coffin nail. <laughs> like, yeah, agreed. Like, the boss. But uh, yeah, I mean, as you say, Julie Sands. Oh, dude, he's just phenomenal. Like, to, to you know, the cast is phenomenal, but the your male lead, um, I mean, depending how you look at it, I mean, your title character, 
played by Julian Sands. You you really when you think of Warlock, you can't think of anyone else. This guy no. is it's like Robert Englund with Freddy Krueger. Like this yeah. guy was just made for this role. He, His mannerisms is incredible. The thing is, man, it's like, you know, he is like you said, he's the title character. And this entire movie rests on his shoulders. It really does, man. Like, yeah, it, it's like if you know, if you if you if your warlock was, you know, shit or a, a lesser actor, this movie would be nowhere near as great because he's magnetic, man, on screen. Like, oh, it's it just, I mean, that scene right before he makes the flying potion. Yeah. With the kid where he just starts laughing as he's pushing the kid on the swing is just like, oh my fucking God, dude, you are evil and relishing it. Yeah, dude. Like, just loving it. (laughs) That's the thing about him, eh? Like, he kind of reminds me of Pinhead a little bit. Like, he just has that. Yeah, he's very eloquent. A playful, eloquent demeanor, mm. but within the blink of an eye, he will just remind you why he is that evil, and he really is that evil. The, the scene we're talking about for people that have not seen this movie, like mm. uh, you know, I think we should discuss it because it's absolutely, absolutely. If it doesn't make you want to see this movie, you'll just be like, "What the fuck is wrong mm. with you?" You mm. probably should go listen to a Smiths album. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, the warlock's like gone to this. Like, he's he's going across America looking for the pages of this book, and he's and he's in this small town, and um, every it's a Sunday, everyone's at church except for this one little kid. This one little kid runs over to the playground, and the warlock's sitting there, and you know they're having a chat, and um. You know, he's like, oh, you know, why aren't you in church? And he's like, oh, my dad hates all that religious shit and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, why are you in church? And the warlock's like, oh, witch can't set foot in the church. He's like, you're not a witch. Witches are girls. And it's just the way Julian Sands delivers that line. He's like, no, it's like he's so almost polite and nice to the kid. Where he's like, he really no, is. Some witches are men. And it's, it's like a, it's like an adult sort of, you know, explaining you know, to a small child, how the world works. And it's like so polite and cordial. And, um, and the kids like, Oh, really? It's like, well, you know, where's your broomstick? And like, you know, um, uh, witches need broomsticks to fly. And Julian says, just starts laughing at him (laughs) and just pushing him (laughs) back and forth on the swing because, Julian Sands, as the warlock, doesn't need a broomstick to fly. He needs we see bat of an mm. unbaptized child. Yeah. And the next thing you see, the kid has been fucking filleted. <laughs> and Julian Sands is zooming along the highway. <laughs> Which thankfully we don't see the kid get filleted as much as the <laughs> special from a special effects perspective, it looked kind of weirdly cool but it's just it's so grim it's like you don't need to see it no just the reactions of everyone you know when when redfern gets there and everyone like the entire town is distraught yeah and even the mother the mother just walks away just totally beside herself Um, yeah (laughs) it's just like it's so grim it's such a good scene it is. for it, 
the Warlock's character and the It's mythology. a really good establishment of his character, yeah. right? It really is, because it's like, mm. oh, this guy doesn't give a fuck. He'll, like, you know, he'll fucking kill a kid and make flying potion out of the Well, fat. that's it. <laughs> you see a brief moment of humanity but in explaining his mythology, but then you see that, you know, yeah. you, that idea is implemented that he really is an evil son of a bitch. And then you see him later on drinking said fat from the can. It's, um, yeah, it's all kinds of weird. But on that note, um, the special effects in this film are great. I, um, they are fantastic. And I think they still hold up. I What I love about them is that they're not like big budget or anything like that. And they're not like massive prosthetics or anything like that. I don't know, just, you, you really believe, you get that believability of the Warlock's abilities, especially mm. things like his, um, shoot, you know, the fireballs from his hands and that. I, I thought that actually looked really cool. I think that looks really cool. And I think, you know, I was watching it and I was like, yeah, this is like fairly sort of rough 80s optical yeah. effects. Yeah. But it looks so cool. Because the way Julian Sands delivers it, like with his hand gestures and stuff. Yeah. Like that, he is, that's what sells. He's not only a great actor, like he's also a great physical actor. Like the, mm. the physicality he brings to that character and everything is just so cool. Like, and man, he looks fucking rad. Like Doesn't that, he what? He, his features, like that nose, he is so sharp featured. And like, he's a, he was a good looking dude as well, but Very. like the, the hair, like he looks cool, man. Like he looks so cool. I I, I, have I put been him like for... I always you... put him like he was a, a fourth member of the generals General Zod's gang. You know, yeah, totally, totally. Like he was, he could always... fit in the Phantom Zone really well. Yeah, easy, easy. Um, but he was always my pick. Um, in the nineties, like you know, when I started reading Hellblazer, he was always my pick to play John Constantine. Like, I think he would have been... Wow, he would have been great. ...as John Constantine. Yeah, like, absolutely. No, no shots at Matt Ryan or Keanu, but, like, I think Julian Sands would have owned that. I think it would have been, like... It would have been, like, a second defining role for him. Uh, yeah. Honestly, like, after this one. Um, but, yeah, man, been- he was just... He was just brilliant in this movie. Like, I think he was brilliant in everything, like even, you know, arachnophobia and stuff like that. But well, um, I think it's just his, it, the way he speaks and the way, you know, his mannerisms just mm. really sells that, that you know, the believability of a, of a guy from the 16th century. Well, that's the funny thing, man, is like both him and Richard E. Grant have, um, you know... Strong theatrical backgrounds. Very, very strong theatrical backgrounds. But they really... It's one of those things where it's like the their their mannerisms and their way of speaking, um, like the accent and you know yeah. the the you know ye olde English that they use. In the hands of lesser actors, I feel that that could have come off really silly in this movie. Absolutely, I think it could have come off like really kind of like oh my god, they're all thee and thou and fucking whatever. Yeah, but these guys like. They, they own it. such a good performance and mm. they really, they really invest you in these characters to the they point do. where like you don't give a fuck what they're speaking. Like you're, you're all in on it. Like, yeah. You know, and you're kind of like, 
I always have a problem with this movie where I don't know who to root for. Because, like, I know. I was saying. Redfin's so cool and such a great character. But then the warlock's so rad. I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to hang out with him. Like, it'd probably end in terror because he'd probably, like, hatch some sort of Lovecraftian demon from my left nut or something like that. Yeah. Because he's just an evil bastard. But... Mm. I think he'd be kind of fun to party with for a little while. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, I think so. But the, like the other thing that I, I love about both their characters, and this is credit to their acting ability as well, is just the way that they sell the concept of two guys from the 16th century try and wrap their head around modern day. Mm. I thought that was really cool. It was subtle, yeah. but it like, was. It there was were elements really... that was awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was really, it was really cool. Like mm. it was really well done. Just, and it wasn't overplayed. It wasn't like, no. oh my god, a car. Fuck, what demon be this? Like, it well, was like when, like, what the fuck is that? Well, classic examples when Redfern, <laughs> um, Redfern and Cat are running to the plane, and he mm. stops cold turkey and just stares at the plane. And goes, I will not. It is it's blasphemy to hop, you know, on winged yeah. creatures or whatever. Like, yeah. it was a form of witchery, you know. Um, so you're seeing those religious beliefs come to the forefront and uh, mm. that fear of God stuff. And I thought that was really cool that they utilised that in the story. Oh, man, absolutely. It was just, it was so well done. And, I mean, you know, even stuff like, I mean, some of it, like, when the warlock kills her fucking roommate, like, oh, dude, that was brutal. That is brutal. Like, it's like, you know, he kisses him and bites his tongue off and then spits it into the fry pan. Like, that was like evil erotic almost. Yeah, it was just like, well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's sort of like the warlock's like playing on the guy, the fact that the guy's gay and like. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, the the one for me, like, that's like another one of those scenes that's like the charm of Julian Sands as this character and his sort of like playful evilness is, Mm. again, the scene with the fortune teller. Like, I mean. That was brilliant. I love that scene because it's like, it's so like, it goes from, you know, kind of amusing to horrific in the blink of an eye. Like, I mean, I love that whole, like, you know, channel me a spirit. And it's just like, I don't think you want to do that. But like this fortune teller is obviously completely full of shit. Yeah. I love love how he's exposed on. It's great. I I love, I love that, that little moment where she's like, she's like, what would you ask of me? And he's like, I would ask that we wait. And she's like, wait, for what? And he's like, for the true Zaniel to arrive. <laughs> yeah, I am Zaniel. Yeah, and she's just, he's, she's like, oh, no, oh, fuck, he's onto me. He's onto me. And he's just like, yeah. bitch, you're full of shit. Like, I'm going to know when Satan pops up, I'm pretty sure. And then she just starts actually getting possessed. And it goes downhill so fucking fast. And it's the awesome. makeup. After that, when, when Samuel dude, takes her form, yeah, dude, the makeup like those sharp teeth, it was so eye. good. It's creepy to this mm. day. It's it's such yeah. a simple effect. Like I would love to like 
this is one of those movies where it's like I'd love to sit down and watch it with Chad and just pick his brain right. through the whole room and probably annoy the <laughs> shit out of him. Sorry, dude. Um, but like, it's such a simple but effective makeup on her. Like, and to this day, man, I still find it really creepy. Like watching it, it's just like, oh fuck, that's just wrong like that's just kind of fucked up well that's right and especially when he takes eyeballs out and yeah. you know uses it as a compass to find <laughs> the compass for the whole fucking movie and he's just like oh my god what are you doing and like the eyeballs look alive and everything like no, that's so cool a cool effect yeah uh, and i mean even um like, uh, uh, you know, not to be politically incorrect, but I find Amish just weird. <laughs> it's just, there's something about uh, Ever since Witness, I just find yeah. Amish kind of like, I don't get it, guys. I'm sorry. I just don't get it. But, but the you've got to love. Amish, dude, yeah. This is rad. Like, well, so that's cool. what I love. I love that this movie pays so much attention to detail and and pays tribute to the old world as well. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, like, all the old world, like, I I kind of love all the, like, old world religion and stuff in this that's kind of brought to the forefront to fight this fucking dude. Um, It's really kind of cool, and it really draws you in, and none of it seems silly or hokey or anything like that. Like, it's all taken very seriously, and I think that's what makes the movie work. Yeah, and I mean, what what's what's great about it is just like the little the the little signs that between Redfern's character and the old Amish guy, they see they see those signs and they don't say anything. They just go and act upon straight away. Like the the Amish guy just climbing up uh, on a ladder to to the top to paint that um, that symbol on his barn, you yeah. know, um, yeah, and then saying we're bewitched, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I liked all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, really, it's fucking. It's awesome, man. Like, ah, uh, this this movie is so goddamn good, and well, it, to this day, it's so goddamn good. Yeah, I agree, man. It's it's to me what separates this movie from a lot of other great horror movies we love. It's just that attention to detail, even as as, mytho- uh, as mythical as it is. Just a lot of the just the mythology behind the warlock and the old the, the old world and and the powers of the warlock and 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 the you know Redfern's character and his um, techniques used to find the warlock and the grand grimoire. I thought that was really well done, dude. Absolutely, mm. and I think it's also. I mean, for me, this and Wishmaster are a great Agreed. double feature. Absolutely. Um, because yeah, I mean they they sit next to each other on my shelf, yep. and they're just they're both great original horror movies yeah. that you know have really great lead characters and lead villains. Um, and yeah, like it's just yeah, oh, you know, I mean Julian Sands talks about um, you know, the interviews that are on the the Blu-ray set that I've got, and mm-hmm. he talks about like you know. He was always open to doing more, but he, you know, he did number two because he really liked the script and thought it was fun and interesting. And he just really wasn't into the script for number three. He's like, they asked me, but I didn't like the script for it because he, I feel like he really loved this character. Um, And he talks a lot about, um, you know, his approach to the character and that Mm. he like wanted to bring a lot of, um, 
like Oliver Reed's Richard the Third into it and stuff like that. That's um, a really cool approach. Yeah, and um, you know, he he obviously you know he was a dude that really loved this character, and mm. he he often talked he talked about um, people would often uh, come up to him and ask him to do the spell that he does on Cassandra. Which I thought was a really cool moment in the film. That is such a cool moment. And yeah. such a fuck you of a spell too. Like, Isn't it just? That's the thing, man. Like, the, it's, it's something that Redfern sort of says <laughs> in the movie is like, you know, the, the cruelty of the warlock knows no bounds. And so, right. yeah, dude, you're kind of on the money there. Cause and that's the wicked shit that he pulls. Like, and I love, I love her response. 20 to 40 and I haven't even begun to party yet. <laughs> I was like, dude, <laughs> that cruelty in the eighties at its finest. And I, I, I love, I love when she's like, try to rationalize it. She's like, Oh, 40 not so bad. I'll just get some hair dye and some bike pants and be like those bitches down on Melrose. <laughs> and Redford's like, Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't understand. Like, Tomorrow you'll be 60. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to die of old age within a week. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just love that. Those moments like that and the, the dealing with the priest. To, just to show you the subtlety of how powerful the warlock is. Mm. And um, I don't know. I, I just I love the balance of power between him and Redfern's characters. I just really... I was very impressed with that. You know, Redfern's just cowboy spirit in the face yeah, of Yeah, man. It's like, it's like you've got, you know, it's one of those rare things I feel um, sometimes, especially like, you know, in, in recent movies um, yeah. where you've got a hero and a villain that are just as good and interesting as each other. And, yes. you know, I, I love that where you're sort of like, oh, I, don't know what kind of want to go for here because you know like the bad guy's really cool and the good guy's really cool like yeah. and you know they they match each other so well i i do think that like having two really excellently trained like classical sort of british actors i just i don't know man it just adds something to this movie like i mean i just feel like you know it's such a good script, but I feel like in the wrong hands, it could have been less great than it is. Like, Yeah, you're right. It, it, it's really, I feel like it's really lightning in a bottle kind of thing. Cause it's like, you've got, you know, you've got a great script, you've got great actors, great characters that, mm-hmm. you know, and the actors are like really into the characters. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just, it's such a good combination where it's like, you know, I mean, well, yeah, we've seen it. We've seen Warlock done without Julian Sands. And as much as I love Bruce Payne, he doesn't bring what Julian Sands brought to the character. You know, we've seen yeah. Wishmaster done without Andrew Devoff. And yeah. it's nowhere near as good. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those things where it just, I don't know, man. Like, this this movie's just fucking firing on all cylinders. It really is, man. And, and the the battle sequences, you know, the, the cat and mouse battle is just so well executed throughout this whole film, right down to the battle confrontation um, where oh, they find the up. Grand Grimoire oh, on consecrated grounds. 
so good, dude. And that, that effect shot, I mean, I love that effect shot where the warlock has the book and he's just standing there and the yes. pages are just like flipping up in the air and forming around him. It's so, like, it's just such an amazing visual. It's just one of those like, oh man, like that's, that's, that's the, in the, in the VHS days. Yeah. In the VHS days, that's a picture. That's a shot for the back of the cover. You know. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. I think my, uh, it's definitely been I, a screen grab I somewhere. Think it could have been like it's definitely. Yeah, I agree. It's it's. Mm. I have seen that as a screen grab somewhere, whether it's been a DVD release or something. But someone's used it somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and but rightly it's so. so. Good. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, right down to the to the, you know, the use of the grand grimoire in. in and, and saying that, you know, the um, Redfin saying, oh, it'll be okay because we don't have to go do anything to the Grimoire because it's on, on holy ground so the, the Warlock can't walk on it. Meanwhile, there's, you know, Cat has found the signage to say all these graves have been moved. You know? <laughs> it's like, ah, fuck. Even that, that fight, you know, where Redfin's like fucking hammering the shit out of him oh, and shoves his face into the and stuff yeah like that. yeah like, yeah it's it's such a good showdown um and then you know then the warlock like i love that moment where he just like jams his hand into red fern's mouth and just pumps him full of like how good magic or something like yeah red fern's just spewing it up afterwards how like, good is that effective for him spewing up that dude. flaming bile it looks so cool like it just, like it's it, not even cheesy no, not at all. Not not one bit. Like none of none of the effects in this make you go, Oh, come on. Like oh, no. geez. you can tell this was made in the eighties. It's like, yeah, you can tell it was made in the eighties because it's fucking great. <laughs> exactly, dude. It I don't know, man. They they just there's something about these movies like this that special effects wise, they just got it right, dude. Mm. And it's a shame they've tried to, you know, not look back and repeat that kind of success. Yeah, well, that's exactly it, man. And I mean, you know, I love the theatricality of that moment where, you know, the warlock finally sees God's name and he just just takes that moment to just gloat. And he's like screaming up at the sky. He's like, I know me. And he's like going, oh, fuck, shit's about to go south. Yeah. And, but that's where, that's where you love the character of cat because she she's again another character where she's not like the you know the dumb you know just the the b the b character in the movie she's actually a legit character that holds her own i really like her sort of character arc in the sense of like you know she's pretty much only in it for herself most of the movie until she gets the bracelet back Mm-hmm. And, and but it's like you, you see her developing along the way in the sense of like she starts seeing how fucked up this warlock is and all the yeah. horrible shit he's doing and you know she sort of goes like nah fuck this and like you know even even Redfern says like no look you know you don't understand how serious this is mm. and you know she really just has that moment where she like you know really stops to consider stuff and you know decides to step up to the plate and actually help him, you know, put an end to this fucker. Yeah, it's so well done, dude. And and just that, I mean, spoiler alert, you know, she's 
she's a diabetic, so she has to inject insulin into her into her belly, and she gets the fucking syringe, fills it with salt water, and fucking just injects the warlock with it. That bit is so powerful. Yeah, well, I mean, Julian Sands talks about that on the the Blu-ray, and he's like, you know, those effects were all practical, like that fire spewing out of me and stuff like that. That was all prosthetics and rubber tubing and stuff, and it is such a fucking cool effect. Like those, the you know, the the salt water going through his veins and stuff like that, and making them bulge. Just it looks so cool, and he it really really does. does that man, like. Yeah, he he was such a great actor, and I think it's absolutely tragic that he's he's gone now. It is, but you know, like to turn a negative into a positive, man, we have such a phenomenal movie with this guy, well, and yeah, you know, we do. two of them actually. But well, that's what I was going to say. We've got this, and we've got the sequel, uh, mm. Warlock: The Armageddon, which you know, I also rewatched. Um, I don't think it's as good as this one, but it's still a damn good movie in its own right. Um, I still have to rewatch it because it's uh, pretty I good, man. Because uh, yeah. Anthony Hickok's direct, who gave us Hellraiser three, and nice. It's very much um, in in all the best ways, in all the nicest, best complimentary ways. It is very much an early nineties horror film. Um, you know, you've got your two and Paula Marshall from Hellraiser three is in it. And I have had a crush on her since (laughs) fucking one. (laughs) Like, Oh my God, Paula. Like if you're out there, babe, please just one date is all I'm asking for. Like, just give me one chance to show you how awesome I can make you be, (laughs) 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 which sounds totally creepy, but you know, Please, please, I'm begging. One can dream, right? <laughs> She's probably like happily married and retired from acting with like you know five kids at this point, and uh, doesn't even know like who the fuck are you. Um, if you're in, <laughs> I'm really big in Kazakhstan. Okay, like I have a Learjet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have a Learjet, and I am wealthy in goat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's just it's such a great fun 90s horror movie it's got like all the all the like fun little tropes and shit like that it's like you know the warlocks come back and he's got to collect these three uh five stones um and they help unleash satan from his prison and there's this society of druids that like protect the prison and these two young kids, one of whom's Paula Marshall, one of whom's a kid I'm sure I've seen in some other 90s movie, but, you know, they're actually like druid warriors and they have to fight the warlock. And there's some really fun, creative, cool deaths in there. There's cool. an elevator sequence that's like, you, you watch the elevator sequence and you're like, damn, Anthony Hickox, I can tell you directed our race. <laughs> But, that's awesome. uh, it's it's good man it's it's a fun movie it's i don't think it sort of hits the heights that this one did but it's still fun and julian sands is fucking great as the warlock as always yeah um, he's yeah, just such he's a great, great actor i love i love his look i love his mannerisms um his his costume in this is fantastic too i love the costume it's yeah 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 it's it's really cool and um yeah, dude, it's just such a phenomenal ride. This movie, I'm I'm so glad that that whoever conceived this idea fucking did it because that's the thing about the 80s and early 90s, man. We just got blessed with 
all these interesting styles of horror movies like, uh, you know, Warlock and Hellraiser. Oh, yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like I feel like, you know, back back then people like, you know, film studios and stuff, they took a lot more chances with, you know, interesting concepts and scripts and ideas and, you know, things were a bit more creatively rock and roll. Like people weren't... Okay. Playing it safe, you know. Well, that's the thing. It's like you fucking all you studio execs need to put your fucking avocado toast and your lattes down and just get back <laughs> on coke and yeah, start green lighting, green lighting some crazy shit. Like yeah, you totally. know, put fucking give Rick James a fucking role as a studio exec or something <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> get on, yeah. get on that shit. Um, yeah, but. I don't know, man. Like, you know, it's like, and as much as like, I'm looking forward to, you know, the new insidious or something, it it just nowadays, it sort of feels like, okay, let's just keep pumping out the same thing. Like this is, this is successful. Let's do more of it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, back then it's like, you know, we've got stuff like Warlock and Wishmaster and, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street movies and stuff like that. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it was a bit more of a, an interesting time and there was a bit more variety. Um, Yeah, it definitely was, man. And it it was a lot of fun. And, um, and this movie is like, if you haven't seen it, man, like you don't necessarily need to see the trilogy. Like this first film is just such an exceptional ride. Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, the thing is really, um, even Warlock 2, the Armageddon, like, it doesn't necessarily follow on from the first one. Like it really doesn't like you, you could walk into it, not having seen the first one. Like yeah. they aren't the only, the only connective tissue between them is Julian Sands is playing the warlock. Um, and, you know, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, mm. you know, I mean, we got a bunch of unconnected Hellraiser movies where Doug was pinhead. <laughs> Totally, man. Yeah, totally. it's like, hey, yeah. Doug's back his pinhead, and there's a box. That's all you yeah. need. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, look, it, you don't, and I mean, look, number three, you know, unless you're a completist, you don't really need to bother with it that much. Um, you know, it's it's. Which, I think I think it's one of those things. If you've got an hour to kill and there's nothing else to watch, then yeah, for it. it's like, look, you know, if Bruce Payne ever hears this, dude, I love you. I don't want to ever shit on you but you know you you were great you were fantastic oh uh, look i think you just took one for the team dude the rest of the movie is the issue not you bruce you yeah. were great. <laughs> I, what's what's sad is like when you said earlier about julian sands wanting to do number three but not because of the script i just feel like you'd think by that point he he's established himself as you know such a powerful character that he'd have a little bit of a say in the direction of the movie. Mm. You'd think, or I don't know. I like to think he was a bit more invested in the project to say, no, I don't think this is the way it should go. Um, and I wish it, it would have. One, one of the, one of the things that he mentions um, in the interview on uh, the, the Blu-ray, which is great, um, is that he has been approached. He, well, he had been approached a lot over the years after Warlock 2 with people with Warlock scripts wanting to make them. And he just felt so strongly about the character 
that he never felt any of the scripts were right. Like he, he didn't feel that they had the creativity of the first two movies in there. Um, just in terms of the character, the death, yeah. you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and he just didn't want to do them because he I, didn't feel like they were, you know, yeah. they, they were right. Like he felt like, you know, look, you haven't really put as much effort into the script or the project that, you know, the first two movies and, had. And I think that's, it's, it's, it's a moment in time that it's one of those moments in times that, that can't be replicated and reproduced. No. Like, yeah, no matter how much budget you throw at it, special effects and all that, it's just a moment in time that was it was lightning in, in a bottle, like you said, dude. Mm. Like this, like Wishmaster, the, the sequels can be good, yeah, but they're not going to be superior to the original. Sadly. No, no, not at all. And I'm glad, I'm glad that we've got Warlock at least. You know, it's oh, a, it's a great, it's a fitting legacy to Julian Sands. Um, and yeah, he's just such a wonderful actor and it, you can't help it. Every time you see, you've seen him in anything post Warlock, you just can't, you can't help but look at him and go, oh my God, it's Warlock. Yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I remember seeing him in this great little, um, and it's, fuck, it's a tough find. Um, I've been looking for it for quite some time now. Mm. This great little independent vampire movie that came out probably around 90s. Yes, I know the one you're talking uh, about. Tale, Tale of a Vampire. Yes, um, I've seen that. Great movie. He yes. is amazing in it. Like Julian Sands is a vampire. Like you're watching erotic goodness. You're just watching it and you're just going, man, why the fuck didn't they give you Lestat? Like, right. He would have been such a good Lestat. Such a good movie. Um, and yeah, like it's just like you said. Every time you see him in something, you're just like. It's the warlock, yay! Yeah, he's just got a magnetic presence on camera. Um, I don't know, he's just one of those guys. He just his voice and face just commands the attention. Way, um, and I don't know if that's just because of our our love for him from Warlock or what, but just yeah, it's hypnotic. It's good. Yeah, dude, totally. The other thing that blows me away too, just uh, in my part of wrapping up, is that. Um, I'm blown away that we've never seen a Todd McFarlane fucking warlock figure. I know, right? I was literally thinking about that before. Like, fucking Even Necker. him and Redfern, dude. Yeah, Necker, someone. Like, get on that shit. Like, I'd even be happy with a Toonies Harris warlock. Yeah. Like, I really would. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, I think it looks so cool. Like, that, just that fucking insanely cool, uh, Black costume, yeah. That him holding the Bible, evil tunic thing, or something. If you had like a a cool standee to hold him up, so it looks like he's levitating, and you got the pages of the Bible just sort of, um, like rainbow style around him, that looks sick. Yeah, 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 dude. I mean, I just yeah, I don't know why no one's done like that. I mean, this is one of those movies like, just like. Why isn't there more merch? Like, I mean, even McFarlane even did a Wishmaster figure, for God's sake. Like, there's at least one Wishmaster yeah. figure there in the world. Like, and, yeah. I, and I think Warlock was a bigger movie than Wishmaster. Uh, I absolutely think it was. Like, yeah, I think, um, I honestly think Warlock is way more well-known. Certainly, I don't know what it's like overseas and stuff like that, but certainly in Australia, like, yeah. Everyone our age, like mm. the video store generation, knew this movie. 
Oh, like, absolutely. Like everyone knew this movie. You know? If you it, loved it, horror movies and yeah. you were you lived in a video store, Warlock was, you know, it was prerequisite viewing. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great idea. This and Wishmaster is a double feature. Fucking, this would rule any movie night. Dude, right? Like, yeah, it's just like these, these, those two movies just, I don't know, there is something about them where they just go together so well. Yeah, I like, agree. They really do. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so much, so much goodness. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a, tra- yeah, like you said, man, it's a tragedy that the world is without Julian Sands. Um, and, you know, he's, the way he's bowed out of existence is, is absolute tragedy. But, Oh, dude, yeah, it's rough. It's really it's, rough. it's really rough. But the thing is, man, we have such a wonderful uh, actor's legacy with his career. But this movie is for so many of us that love the guy. This is where it all began. Oh, man, absolutely. Like, yeah, this 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 movie, arachnophobia. This like, yeah, this this, yeah. this this is the one that I really feel like. I mean, I know he really made a mark for himself in uh, like the Killing Fields and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. But I mean, you know, for for us for us genre fans out there, like this will forever be like the Julian Sands movie. Yeah, like, this this is like yeah, this is a movie <clears throat> where you can just go, man, I got to. I get to be the this fucking evil character, like this cool ass fucking warlock, man. It's yeah, not many people can make that claim to fame. No, well, and that's the thing. And I mean, he just like yeah, he just brought such charm and charisma to this character who was so fucking evil. Well, that's the thing, man. It's like the to take a to take a page from the Hellraiser um, poster quote. A, you know, angel to some, devil to others. You know, that's exactly what he was. Yeah. Very kind of angelic style appearance, but absolute evil personified, you know. And w- you get reminded of it so much throughout this film. And it really is such an exceptional watch, man. You, you, no one would ever be disappointed. No, God, no, man. God, no. Like, yeah, yeah. I just like, look, wrapping, wrapping up, if... um. <clears throat> If you haven't seen this movie, you really need to, <laughs> um, because yeah. it is, it is such, um, just such a good time. And yeah, it's like, it's just, it's one of those movies where you just kind of, I feel like you wish everyone could experience the way you discovered it, like seeing it on video totally. for the first time, like seeing those posters in the stores and just like going like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. and I mean, I can't pick a favorite from the posters. Like I think both of them are just so great and iconic. They're beautiful posters. They They're really, really are. Yeah. Like, and I mean, e- even the, the simplicity of the white one, just with him standing down, yeah. like, you know, bottom, bottom of the frame in the corner, like Beth, barefoot. I mean, that's the thing. The barefoot thing is just like, what? It's so why, cool. Why is he wearing shoes? What's going on? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I loved it. Like, it was him and Thomas Jane. What's going on with the no shoes? Yeah. <laughs> but, it was kind of uh, a nice, uh, it was a nice nod to the omen of sorts. For yeah, me. It really was. Um, and, you know, just, just the way he's standing, he's sort of looking out at you. And then that poster of the demon thing behind him. And you're just like going, 
wow, what is that about? Does he turn into that thing? What does that thing look like? What the fuck? Like, yeah. it, you know, I mean, fuck, man. You know, as a, as a kid in like 1989, that just that just set up shop in your brain and lived there rent free. You know, it really did. Eh? It was fucking cool. I mean, that, that's the thing, man. Like, I know we fucking sound like old man on rocking chair, but fuck. Not if only, <laughs> if only many, yeah. But only if people could experience. You know, if you're one of those lucky people that got to experience the magic of walking into a video store and seeing Warlock on the wall, you know what we're talking about. It just, yeah, it's exciting as a kid to see that sort of shit. Well, yeah, man. I mean, like you know that, or the Wraith, or fucking Cobra, or yeah. any of the fucking rad things that we've talked about, like over the last fucking year and a half. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, all of these things. Like, there's there's a reason why we love them and have such fond memories and attachments to them because, you know, it was, it was cool. It was cool to see that. Like it was cool to just like, you know, walk in and see this, like, you know, this weird thing that you hadn't heard of. Like there was no, there was no comic, there was no book, there was no video game of it. It was just, here's a thing. And you just like, Mm. Oh, what the fuck is that? Like, and it's I don't funny know what because, this is. Like, I'm well, cool. It looks rad. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Warlock the Armageddon would spawn, I believe it inspired a Super Nintendo video game. It did. Of uh, a version it of it. Yeah. It did. it did. Which was cool. Um, I never got to play it, but I, I'm believe- we're so lucky these days. You can go on YouTube and you can watch long play versions of uh, playthroughs of these games. Yeah. And uh, I believe Warlock's up there, so... Yeah, I do believe that it inspired some comic books as well. Um, Probably did. I'm pretty sure it was through like a small company, like Innovation, or like perhaps Malibu, or someone like that. Or yeah. Blackthorn. Um. I'm. I, look, it. I'm not going to say it inspired a long comic run. I think maybe it got one or two issues, possibly four, maybe five. But uh, I do vaguely recall there being some form of warlock comics i don't know what the story was or whether they were any good or not but you know i think there was something out there but um god damn it i really want a toy (laughs) 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 well you never know man but um yeah i think we've given you guys and ghouls all the best best parts of this movie uh We and haven't even mentioned all the thumb locks. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the sadomasochistic like, yeah. aspects it's of this like, gold. It, it's just like, you're just kind of like, dude, like, come on. Why are you trying to screw his thumbs and toes down? Like, it's <laughs> cruel and unusual. You've got him there. Just stab the fuck But up. that's what I mean. The attention to detail of this film <laughs> of 16th century torture and and. Um, prison yeah, that techniques. Puritan kind of thing. It was great, dude. Like, seriously, track this movie down on Blu-ray, folks. Man, you fucking, you'll thank us later. Well, I mean, I, it just always, it, it also just occurred to me that, like, I've always sort of, you know, I've always sort of thought, thought like, uh, Redfern was very. There was some sort of basis for Solomon Kane there. There was a bit, eh? <laughs> like, I just, I just feel like there was a bit of inspiration in his character that had been drawn from, you know, Robert E. Howard's Solomon Kane, because Solomon Kane had the whole whip thing and, you know, yeah. the, the, whole, the whole bit, cape, and, you know, the whole Puritan kind of thing going on. So, but, Maybe uh, even inspired The Witcher. 
uh, I'd say there's probably a little bit there. Um, but I was just going to say before we go, I do hope that um, one good thing that comes out of Julian Sands leaving us is that people will rediscover this movie. Um, and, you know, it might get a bit of a resurgence in popularity and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, a new generation might find it, realise how fucking rad it is. And, um, yeah, I think that would be cool. It'd be nice to see, like, a, a, you know, I, I don't know what anniversary we're up to, but it'd be cool to see, like, a an anniversary-style release of the film with, a you know, a really cool Julian Sands tribute attached. And, mm. and just, I don't know, just all the usual cool stuff that you'd expect out of a Blu-ray. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, the Vestron Blue collection that I've got is pretty good. Um, there's a lot of, um, like, archival interviews and stuff like that from, you know, back in 1989. And cool. Both, both this and uh, Armageddon as well. Um, but, yeah, it would be nice to see, like, a bit more of a in-depth sort of doco and, um, you know, all the all the usual goodies and stuff that they, they throw in on those things, like, you know, a bit of a look at the merchandising and the legacy and stuff like that. So, but, you know, even if uh, that doesn't eventuate, it's still a great movie. There's still loads yep. of great releases out there. That I know it's been released on DVD and Blu-ray in Australia. Um, can't really speak for what the special features on those are. Uh, the DVD I used to own was pretty bare bones, but you know you've got the movie, so what else do you need, really? Yeah, that's right. And if if you're if you're a tight ass and you can't afford it, or whatever, or you don't get around to it, you can find this stuff pretty easy on YouTube as well. So yeah, well, I'm pretty sure this isn't on streaming anywhere. I don't think. No, I found it on YouTube. Yeah. So both this and the sequel. So yeah, 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 right. Yeah. So. I mean, but I mean, you're better off getting the, the Blu-ray because obviously you get all the, the added benefits of it. So, yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's so many cool goodies. So, you know, <laughs> we're all about the goodies. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of a, another cracker of an episode. Um, I'm so glad we did this one because. Yeah, fuck, I'm, I'm really glad we got to this one as well. Yeah. It's so much fun to talk about these fucking rad movies. Um, and hopefully those of those two of you or three of you that are listening to the show uh, <laughs> in Kazakhstan, <laughs> hopefully uh, you get a better chord version of this. <laughs> Otherwise, stick figures, I don't know. It's a bit of imagination. Yeah. Look at look at the photos really, really fast on the internet. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> oh, dude, we're going to hell. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Until uh, next time, but uh, we'll see you. Uh, a bit of rad action. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. We will, we will be here for rad, and we'll be talking about um, some cool stuff and uh, strange addition into the Indiana Jones legacy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I've got a bit of a different perspective rewatching this, so yeah, well, it'll be a fun chat. I. I... Yeah, I've I've got a lot. Look, I can't hate on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because it's indie, but look, there's some issues with it, and oh, for sure, you know, there's there are enough moments in there that are okay, but yeah, we'll 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 talk we'll about get, it. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. But um, thanks for tuning in, you awesome motherfuckers out there, and um, tell your mates about us. Uh, like, and... subscribe, do all the good stuff. 
Mm. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. We will. Something Brad. I yeah. know that. It'll be freaky. We're talking about next week, but we'll think something. <laughs> <laughs> we always do. <laughs> Till then, stay free. It is. <laughs>